Welcome into the Irish NFL show. Welcome into a Bank Holiday Monday episode. Uh, a lot of very storylines to get through. Delighted to have Noel Dowling join me to discuss a few stories which we haven't caught up on since last week. And obviously, then we are now in Super Bowl week. Noel, great to have you on board. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, no, it's great to come on. And God, what a, what a quick season, huh? I remember when the season was started, and here we are now, Super Bowl week. It's, it's a blink and you miss it kind of thing. Yeah, we put the graphic out last Sunday around our selections for the championship games and within the post ad, where has this season gone? And then we spoke about it year in, year out. You look forward for so much, such, such a long off season. Then it goes like a blink of an eye. All of a sudden, it's week one, you're excited. And then before you know it, here we are. It's Super Bowl week. And Super Bowl week brings madness, whether you're in Ireland, UK, Europe, or even in the States. It's a crazy weekend. A lot to look forward to. We've got, we've got a great Super Bowl ahead of us. Yeah, no, it's it looks it's certainly, you know, don't take it for granted because the seasons are, are short and quick. But in terms of the Super Bowl, yeah, like this is you look at these, you know, from the head coaches to the quarterbacks to, to the weapons on both teams, you know, even to the where the game is gonna be played, it's gonna be perfect conditions for these guys to really play their game. And I'm I'm disappointed obviously the Bears aren't there. I'm sure you are the Giants, but other than that, you know, I'm really looking forward to it because I think this could be a, a really, really good game with some great storylines on both sides, depending on how the result kind of goes. Yeah, and I want to come to that. I want to talk about, I suppose, the nature of Chiefs fans and 49ers fans and what their expectations is. Obviously, our expectations going into a season are very different as a Giants and a Bears fan in terms of what we expected, but there would have been a lot, a lot expected of these two teams that have finally made it to Vegas. You touched on the winner there, I think. 14 degrees Celsius, Sunday mild afternoon is what's expected. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a few uh, news stories of, of which we haven't captured since we last recorded the podcast. I'll start with Commanders, or no, sorry, I'll start with Seahawks. Uh, Mike McDonald has been confirmed as the head coach. And he was one of the hottest names on the block, along with Ben Johnson, none of the various different people, you know, bear in mind how successful he's been. And people even this week spoke about the fact that was the Ravens lost, none of it really could be put down to the defensive display. And they held Mahomes and the Chiefs in no scores in the second half, only four first downs in the, se- in the second half. And essentially, they did their job to shut them down and give the Ravens an opportunity. He's been a fantastic serve. And now he gets his opportunity to go into Seattle. I was slightly surprised in the sense of Pete Carroll is a defensive-minded head coach. I thought they would have gone a different, ma- a different way, haven't had him for so long, and gone offensive-style type coach, which we see a lot in the league. But uh, certainly one that will have a lot to do, and, and, and lot, I suppose heavy expectations going into Seattle. It's not like he's starting off in the job in his first year as a head coach in a team that doesn't have a strong, strong side there who could really be pushing again next season. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, first off, when it comes to Mike McDonald, as you mentioned, he was up there with Ben Johnson as those two kind of, you know, potential head candidate, head coach candidates that kind of stood out from the rest. I mean, you look at what he did at the Ravens. You know, it's it's. It could be argued that he, he took certain deficiencies on that defense and masked them and worked around, you know, some of the schemes that he called. Or, you know, he, he just seemed to be able to to take these players and, and to make them better. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of argued that maybe the Ravens didn't have the best pass rush in the world, but he was able to, to kind of do other things, throw things at offenses that kind of covered up for that. And, and you know, he benefited elsewhere on the defense and it kind of all stepped up for him. And you look at them going to Seattle now, as you say, it's it's a good move from it's a, it's a good team in Seattle. They have some good, you know, players on both sides of the ball there. Um, but there will be a certain amount of expectation. As you said, he's not coming into a rebuild. He's not coming into a team where he's starting from scratch. He's coming into a, a decent team 
that probably have expectations of playoffs and above even coming in next year. Um, it's it's not overly surprising to me that the Seahawks went from him. I think possibly Ben Johnson could have been an option for them for us. They may have looked at that offensive kind of you know play caller kind of stepping up to be the head coach, but obviously things didn't work out there and he's staying in Detroit. And I think with Mike McDonald coming in now, it, it just feels like it's it's a big change from Pete Carroll. It's like they're moving completely away from the Pete Carroll area. They're bringing in someone young, fresh to kind of, you know, take that next step with this team, hopefully, and 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 kind of have someone with that bit of energy in there who's who's starting. Look, we all know when it comes to to these hotshot offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators making that step up, it's hard to really tell how they will make the step up. But judging by what he's done as a defensive coordinator, he's absolutely earned his shot to make that move. And he looks like a, a smart guy who seems to be really, really well regarded around the league for and for good reason as well. We had Tim Boot on recently. He covers the Seahawks. He's based out in Seattle. And he said there was a bit of a mixed opinion on Pete Carroll being, you know, whether Pete Carroll was walking away or whether it was a, he was pushed. And there's many out there that still feel Pete Carroll wants to coach in the league. His enthusiasm and electricity in the in the locker room you see some of the footage over the course and he didn't strike me certainly as a head coach that was ready to walk away despite his age in the 70s and here we are in a year now where Pete Carroll will be not coaching Bill Belichick won't be, won't be coaching and Mike Vrabel won't be coaching and this sort of spirals into a conversation for 12 months time and who's going to be looking for a head coach and the the enigma of these three guys sitting on the sideline and obviously having an opportunity to come back in you, you touched on it there do you think this was the real ultimate the, the decision that was made that they want Despite everything that Pete Carroll brings to the table, it was a time for them to get young, get a different approach to head coaching, move away from the old-style type of coaching, the in-your-face type of stuff, which Pete Carroll is kind of renowned for, and bring kind of a different vibe to the locker room. Like It's a young unit. It's a young, dynamic team, that's in particular on defense, a lot of young players. Everybody that they've drafted in the course of the last two years, by and large, has, has hit home in terms of being productive to the team. Is, it, is that the case? Does he just feel like we need to Regalvanize, find a young defense, sorry, a young head coach who's going to be here for the long run and try to get similarities to Carroll in terms of longevity. Yeah, I, I think that probably does play a part. And as you say, they, they have a good young team there and maybe a fresh voice and, and this fresh kind of enthusiasm from from one of these younger guys who are coming in and, and making that, that way now into the head coaching kind of arena is something that they probably look at. But in fairness, looking at the, the news today, they've done a really good move, what I can see, in bringing Leslie Frazier in as the assistant head coach, which is actually bringing in still that bit of experience to, to be there with him, to work with him. I think Leslie Frazier obviously is a, he's been around the NFL for a long time. He's a, he's a really smart guy, you know, when it comes to defense. Um, obviously, McDonald is a defensive head, head coach himself, but still to have somebody with that experience behind him, I think could be invaluable while still having that kind of, that, youthful head coach who's going to maybe bring a different spin to things and and look Pete Carroll gets on really really well he's, he's obviously a player's coach but still I don't know if maybe this younger coach maybe they feel will blend in with these players and, and be able to get to you know kind of get on with them there as well in, in a certain way but again look it's 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 the proof will be in the pudding next season when we actually see how it works out but it does look like it's a it's a really good kind of move and they've planned it kind of well yeah, changes obviously both on the coaching staff as well in terms of coordinators. Shane Waldron obviously has moved out to the Bears. They've reached out to the Giants and looking to defensively or Mike Kafka as their offensive coordinator. The Giants have declined saying he's only leaving unless he, if he's getting a head coach position, they're not going to allow him or award him an opportunity to have a lateral move to another offensive coordinator position. So 
you're right, Asley Frazier's an interesting dynamic. Many teams. And it's an interesting storyline for the offseason in terms of how they construct this this coaching staff. So I want to move on. You touched on Ben Johnson there. Obviously, again, another name that was very much in the mix, you know, in terms of the Panthers. Other various teams were linked to him. Don't went around the injury, sorry, the interview process last week. It's you know, the final one looked like he was inevitably going to end up with the commanders. That hasn't happened. He's gone back to Detroit. He's declared he wants to remain as the offense coordinator. Mixed stories coming out that he did an interview well, that he on the, the other turn is that he didn't like the approach which the commanders had in terms of how they want to run the run the organization with the new owners, Harrison Cohen in in situ. And they've gone for Dan Quinn. So Dan Quinn obviously has built up his reputation again over the course of talking about defensive coordinators. I mean, he's built it up again over over the last three years. And I think people are conscious of the was they had a really bad playoff loss to the Packers. Ultimately, you look at the body of work he's done over the course of the three years there in Dallas, and he's rewarding him an opportunity. I spoke to a few Commanders fans that have been that have been involved with Sean Dennis have been on from different they're they're kind of underwhelmed in a way, and it's strange because they would have rather the offensive coordinator with no head coach experience as opposed to Dan Quinn who's been to a Super Bowl, obviously enforced as part of the team which managed the a meltdown in terms of the Falcons loss to the to the Pages. But you think it's a safer bet? You think it's a wiser move to go in Dan Quinn route, second pick in the draft, and eventually they're gonna take a quarterback. It's a very much a rebuild. He'll get time there. Is this the right fit? Or would you rather would you think an, an upcoming coordinator would have been the better move? It's, it's so hard to tell. I mean, you said the word there, safe, and and that's what this kind of feels like. It feels like the safe bet, the experienced head coach. You know, he's a, he is a really good defensive coordinator. He, he brought a team to the Super Bowl with the Falcons. You know, usually you'd be you'd be clamoring to get a head coach, a former head coach in, who had brought a team to a Super Bowl, but then obviously that game ends kind of badly. You talk about the the Cowboys season ends kind of badly on defense when they're playing the Packers. So maybe that helps bring down the excitement level a little bit. Maybe if that Cowboys defense had stepped up against the Packers, Commanders fans would have been feeling a bit better if they had kind of got him in. But look, it's it's hard to tell. As I said earlier, look, Ben Johnson is is the he's this year's you know offensive whiz kid who who who's being he's the he's the hot commodity. He is. He's the hot commodity when it comes to you know people talking about head coach, and it, it, it's very strange because I think at one point the Commanders were. We're all but ready to, to to sign him, and who knows what what happens with all these stories. There's been stories, as you said, coming out about interviewing, about wanting too much money. You've no idea what what's true or not. But I mean, I think for the commanders, I think they've got a good head coach. It's it's maybe not the exciting pick that they wanted. And I think sometimes fans can just build up this excitement level. Oh, young offensive coordinator. We're going to have potentially a new franchise quarterback coming in. We want to hear the two of them for the next five, ten, fifteen years. And then suddenly you bring in the older defensive head coach and some kind of maybe feel like it kind of feels like another Ron Rivera in a way. But I mean, for me, I think it's a good hire. I do think it's a safe hire. Um, the commanders obviously are under new ownership. So will they be the dysfunctional commanders of previous years or are they starting to maybe get it right and, and build a base? And that'll, that's all to be seen. But I mean... Look, there's pros and cons to having the new OC from the Wiz kid who's, you know, courted by everyone. And there's pros and cons to this experienced kind of guy coming in. And we're going to find out which is which. But I, I think it's a good move for the commanders. I think he's a good, he's a good, knowledgeable, you know, guy. And, I, you know, I, I think it's it's a safe move, but it's, it's a good move. It's not a bad move anyway. An interesting one that's come out in the past 24 hours, 48 hours. Of Cliff Kingsley was essentially confirmed as the new offensive coordinator with the Raiders. He's 
he's removed himself from the from the uh, the process now, and it looks like uh, the reasoning behind that is he's going to become the offensive coordinator of the Commanders. And I look at that and go, and to your point there, you said about a new young quarterback coming in, fans will want an offensive minded. Um, head coach, but you're probably getting a very strong offensive coordinator, not necessarily a great head coach and what we saw from Cliff Kingsbury. He did have his good times in, in Arizona, but he has an understanding of the college game. He's obviously worked in the college program. He's come into the NFL. He's worked with a first-round pick previously in terms of Kyler Murray. Obviously, this is going to be the second pick. Maybe there's a, there's, a, there's a good opportunity there for him, and maybe that's to, to your point that, whilst it's not the exciting head coach, maybe they're going to get the exciting offensive coordinator and Cliff Kingsbury will bring something different to the table in terms of running an expansive offense for the new quarterback. Well, yeah, that's absolutely possible. I mean, you could look at um, the new head coach taking care of the defense and then Cliff Kim- Kingsbury coming in essentially as the offensive coordinator head coach type thing. And then, up, look, the comparisons get made straight away. Who who was Cliff Kingsbury working with last year in college? Caleb Williams. So suddenly people are thinking, are the commanders looking to make a move up to one to get Caleb Williams? Are they bringing him in? You know, and people start putting one and one together and coming up with five or whatever. I don't basically personally read anything into it, but still, the, the comparisons are there. And as you say, he's worked with Kyler Murray. He's worked with, obviously, Caleb Williams. He Did he work with Patrick Mahomes in college at one point as well? So yeah, he, did, yeah. he knows yeah. how to work with young yeah. quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm personally not overly a fan of his offense. I think it's a little too pass heavy and I, I don't know if he's the... I don't know. He's I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold on Cliff Kingsbury. I was glad the Bears didn't bring him in. But still, as you say, he has this experience with quarterbacks. He will probably run that offense himself and it'll be interesting now to see how it all kind of does pan out. Yeah, they've also got a lot of cap space. So, I mean, they could be very... Like we saw last year with the Bears and the Falcons in terms of aggressiveness and free agency. Um, could be the same this year. It, it could be very interesting there. Like the commanders, as I say, maybe they've moved on from the, the dysfunction of the Snyder era. They have some good players there, like on both offense and defense. They they have the the kind of the basis of decent players there who can, can kind of build a foundation. So we'll just find out now, you know, have they really turned that corner and are they actually going to be... Uh, a decent, you know, franchise that starts to develop these players. And it, it could be very interesting few years now for Commanders fans with, with the way it's kind of panning out. And not to be discussing the off-season around all the various different teams and what they're going to do on come April in the draft and obviously free agency starting mid-March. Well, to other attentions, I'll be very early in the week, Monday morning, and it's Super Bowl week. And what's interesting me over the course of the last few days is each team coming out with their certain narratives around the game itself. There's a real strong argument that Mahomes will again feel kind of unjust in the sense that the Chiefs are favourites for the game. You know, from a betting perspective with Quinn Bear, our partner, they the, the line opened at minus one. I think it maybe it opened the pick and it went minus one five sorry, minus one niners. It's now minus two niners. So you've got the Chiefs now very much as underdogs going into the Super Bowl, and yet the 49ers have been publicly putting out some social piece around the fact that they're the underdog and it's a great underdog strategy that they've made the Super Bowl. I kind of laugh at Jester's because this team were in this championship game last year, the four out of the last five years. They've been to a Super Bowl in 2020. They've got all the players we talk about on the show, but the fact that they probably got the strongest first team in the league. They're in the Super Bowl. They were the number one seed and yet they're coming out with some common zones. We should, we, we're, 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 deemed to be the underdogs and Chiefs are very much looking at this as, as well nobody gave us any opportunity going into the playoffs and here we are we've run the table gone on the road twice and won 
is it's just it's just Super Bowl week, isn't it? It's just a case of the storyline. Then it's only going to build throughout the course of the week. Mahomes obviously is going to have the opening night, and I'm sure he'll be questioned around the fact that he's underdog again. Do you play into any of this in terms of the mind games, or is it just one of those things where we just need to avoid the noise and look forward to what should be a great Super Bowl? Yeah, it should be a great Super Bowl. No, look, this is this is par for the course when it comes to these games. Teams will have their own way of approaching it, and things will get put out, but. Behind those closed doors, both these teams know exactly who they are and they, they know what they're up against. And, you know, this should be a great game. I mean, I, I can see both sides of an argument in terms of you look at the, the 49ers roster and, and it is loaded from top to bottom. Like, they have impact players, especially on offense. They can go from one to another to another. If one guy is taken out, you know, you just go to the other and, and you keep going from McCaffrey to Samuel to Ayuk. It's you know, Pordy has really, Mr. Relevant has shown what a very good quarterback he is and, and how he can can run this this offense. But then you look across the other side and you see Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and you just say those two guys together. I'm not even mentioning Kelsey because I think it's the quarterback and the head coach together. They, they, they will go down as, you know, we look at the Belichick and Brady and other amazing kind of duos of head coaches and quarterbacks over the years. These two guys are continuing to to rewrite records right now. And when you have both of those on the other side, you uh, you know you, you can't you can't count them out. And I think this game in general is just going to be a really really good game between really really two good teams. Um, and I just you know I I, I don't even buy all the, the stuff going on. I just sit back and look forward to a a great game with two really really top head coaches, top quarterbacks, and you know take it from there. I'm not asking for a pick, but it sounds like you're leaning on on the Chiefs there because of the experience of Andy Reid and Mahomes in the Super Bowls and what they've done. Obviously, played two of the last three Super Bowls, not winning them all. Obviously, only winning two of the three, beaten by Brady. But you're going to get the sense that they've been here. They understand the nature of what has to be done. You could argue Kyle Shanahan knows it very much so as well, having lost the Super Bowl as head coach to the Chiefs a couple of years back and obviously being the offensive coordinator, which we touched on earlier with the Falcons and the Dan Quinn era in Atlanta. Is it is it an advantage to the Chiefs? You think that the fact they were there only twelve months ago and they came out the right side of it? No, I think so. I think look, you look at many times they've been there over the last few years, and I think that that is a massive advantage. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't guarantee anything. It doesn't guarantee it'll all work on the night, but still, these guys know what it's about. I mean, and as you say, Kyle Shanahan has been there as a, a head coach and an OC. You know, hasn't worked out. You know, both games from, you know, there was a bit of collapse in both games. That kind of you kind of question can he then make that next step up this 49ers team are more than capable of winning this game this weekend and and you know we've looked at them you talked about the number of uh nfc championship games they've been to in the last few years you know, they won obviously this year they, they lost a couple before that so maybe they're starting to make that next step forward they've won this so will they do the same now for the super bowl it's like it, it is a toss of a coin for me but when i saw the chiefs and and the odds you could get on the chiefs i thought yeah, I'll, I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> so I just favoured him because of the experience, because of the two, the two guys. And as I say, then even Kelsey coming in there, Pacheco, when, when he needs to run the ball, he knows how to run the ball. And these guys just know how to win. And I think maybe for me, that just gives them that experience, just maybe gives them a, a shade of an advantage. But it, it literally could go either way for me. Very tight on the betting odds for Quinn. I think uh, Chiefs are even money, uh, 45, 10 to 11. The, the Niners to win, obviously, plus two and minus two on the, the handicap with, with Quinn Beth. Um, we will be in Vegas throughout the week. Colin's already there. He will have content from 
Radio from Radio Row throughout the week. You will also have content from the opening night at the stadium, which should go out tomorrow morning. Uh, myself and Connor will be there from Wednesday. Noel, I really appreciate your time. Looking forward to a great Super Bowl. Looking, having, looking forward to having you on through the offseason and into the next season with the Irish NFL trip. No, I appreciate that, Brian. Thanks a lot for having me on. And listen, enjoy Vegas. 